At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of primetime action here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ben Wilson back with you from our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas, joined on the desk by Jeff Parles, who is full of in game college basketball bets, which we're going to get to here momentarily. Uh, we're filling in for Gil Alexander and Matt Brown. We have Kelly Bidlin, though. Midland is his middle name. He's behind the desk. We're going to get to some scores in just a moment as well uh, from Kelly. I see on our screen, Jeff, the uh, live bet has been made. He's doing it. Michigan State, Jeff, down 14 at the half. Uh, they only, they've only gotten 11 points out of their starting five tonight. Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans, not normally optimal. But you've got, you've got trust in the Sparta here in the second half. I, I more have no trust in Iowa to play two halves well that back as to well. back. Uh, that's, that. that's it. Look, there's most, it's mostly 12 and a half. I was able to find a 13. I do like it at 12 and a half as well. So if you have 12 and a half over the next few minutes, that's, that's a bet as well if, if you have that. I just happen to find... 113 that it was in the market here in Vegas, so I took it. Nice work. Uh, and uh, there we go. The even better one here, Ben. Now that we are going, somebody to take a, a screenshot of. We're of going your to TV. a game uh, that you said uh, our guy Josh Applebaum actually had a bet on here. He took Charleston. He took Charleston. Yeah. This is uh, this is out of the CAA. So, the CAA yeah. so we're going under 161. So under 77 second half here. Ben Charleston shot 67% from the field in the first half. Northeastern shot 60% from the field. Northeastern shot 60% from three. Charleston shot 56% from three. Uh, we're going to throw that in the category of not sustainable for the second half. You don't say. If you go out and beat me here, go ahead and beat me. If you, if you can get the over 161, so be it. Tip my hat, go to the next one. But I'll take my chances, especially with with a Charleston team that's fine. They have a good coach. Mm -hmm. Pat Kelsey's now coaching there, the coach who coached in Winthrop Winthrop, for a long time. And uh, Northeastern has been one of the biggest disappointments, period, in the country. They're 1-14 in in CAA play for a team that is perennially a power in that conference. So uh, we'll, we'll take the second half under. And you know what? If you can have two straight halves of high high octane offense, so be it. By the way, I added one more that I hadn't even told Kelly Bidlin about. I'm laying seven live with Akron now as well against Bowling Green. <laughs> sure. So we're, we're, Up, we're going uh, 35, with that one as well. 35, 32 at the half. Yeah. Six minus seven. That's where we're going. We got. We, I, I got seven. I got laying seven. It. Jeff, did you wake up this morning and realize? All right, it's February 22nd, 2022. I, I need to, for my my betting Easy. diary, have a combination of Yale. Under in College of Charleston, Northeastern, and Akron before I before I go to sleep tonight. Was that the goal today? 
Ben, I don't know what the goal is any day at this That's point. Whatever, okay. whatever pops up as a possible bet. And look, I, I'll look through box scores for second halves here to see if there's anything that stands out. And Akron minus seven. I'm getting a point discount from from preflop here. That stood out. That stood out. Bowling Green didn't shoot quite as well from three as I would like. They shot 38% from three. If they were in the 40s, it probably would have been a bigger bet. This is just a, a smaller halftime right. bet that I kind of like. For ben, the, he won the first game tonight, okay? Like, he's yeah, got money I'm, to I'm, burn. I'm saying. I'm, he's got I'm, money to burn tonight, baby. Yale Bulldogs. Profit machine coming in tonight to start the show. For the rest of these scores, Kelly Bidlin, normally a, a payer of attention to the NBA, he, without any NBA to bet right now, he, he was giving out some under sevens in the NHL. We've got four games underway uh, right now, Kelly, as well as the rest of our college hoops. What is the latest on the ice? Yeah, I'm just busy back here adding every bet that uh, Parles is making. That, every uh, that two too. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Tennessee up on Missouri's a 10-point lead right now, 41-31. We are three minutes into the second half. If you're looking to get in on this live, Tennessee 12-and-a-half and 131-and-a-half. Are the current live numbers? Arkansas with a three-point lead over Florida at the half, 37-34. Arkansas three and a half point live favorites, 142 and a half the live total. That Iowa-Michigan State game, as you guys mentioned already, that is a ten-point lead for Iowa. Second half just getting started. Good start. Uh, yeah, Iowa is a ten and a half. I think we're down to ten and a half there now. I'm uh, seeing ten and a half. Yes. Yep, Kelly. ten and a half and 157 and a half the live Ghost total. Party. Villano- Villanova and UConn underway. That is six to four. Two minutes into that game, Texas Tech first on the board against Oklahoma. Two nothing. Two minutes into that one, over on the ice. End of one. Predators and Panthers tied at one apiece. Live numbers there. Panthers minus three forty. Predators plus two thirty five. Live total still at seven. The Maple Leafs with that one nothing lead over the Blue Jackets. Second period has started. Four on four hockey for 16 seconds. Oh boy! Yes. And then the Blue Jackets go on a power play. Uh, let's see. Current live total there five and a half. I'm getting close. Fellas. Come on, guys. Getting kill close. the kill the power play. Get Kelly a chance to in game over, and let's get four two. Yeah, but now now would be the time to bet it, right? Four on four, and then you're going to go on a. Columbus is going to have like a minute 40 worth of power play. That now would be the time. Or, I mean, you could also do that. Uh, Maple Leafs minus 425, though, live in this game. The Blue Jackets plus 285. That should swing, though, here as the power play starts. Uh, and then we've got the, let's see, Blues up on the Flyers, one to nothing. Second period, 15 seconds into that. Blues minus 575 live. Flyers plus 360, five and a half the live total. And the Ottawa Senators with a 2 nothing lead over the Wild, three minutes into the second period. Live numbers just came off the board. All right. And the other game, Jeff, you had a bet on as well. Pre-game, Richmond, George, Washington, uh, Colonials. Keeping it within four, 49-45, 15-30 to go in the game there. There's a look at the account for Jeff, but that only tells Oh, that's part a pre-flop. By the way, uh, while, while Kelly was speaking, I added one more. Oh, come on. We're now on Kent State laying three for the game against Ball State uh, in the MAC as well. Rationale for that one, this one's very simple, Ben. These are the box scores that I like going against a team that is significantly worse than their opponent. Ball State shot 65% from the field and 63% from three in the first half. Kent State shot 38% from the field and 25% from three. Kent State's only down three. So we'll lay six in the second half, three for the game as a pre-flop eight and a half point. Yeah, uh, close nine at DraftKings. You're just you're making our technical director Jeremy Wengel uh, upset. Uh, <laughs> Ball State alumnus downstairs. We, meanwhile, we have to watch our Missouri Tigers just get blasted uh, by Tennessee at home. Shocking. They're down, they're down eleven right now. Uh, 
<laughs> from like from the America East to the WAC, Jeff, and every conference in between. We we cover it all. At least you do on, uh, on the uh, betting card. Also, Connecticut's on an 8-0 run, so shocking that no bet there. UConn looks like rock stars sure. early in that game. Sure, yeah, four minutes in. Go figure. All right, let's go back to the NBA. We talked earlier in our first hour on yes, no odds to make the playoffs out of the Western Conference. Here's a very interesting one here with the no games for the next couple of nights. Second half action, although we're well into the second half, but post-All-Star break action resuming on Thursday. An interesting market, Jeff, to break down. It is the odds to be the regular season leading scorer on a points-per-game basis. And as we take a look at the odds right now, should not come as a surprise to see who the types of names are at the top of this list. Giannis Adenikupo, not the current leader. He's currently a shade behind Joel Embiid at 29.4 points per game. Again, this is a regular season market. He's your leader at plus 190. Embiid, who, if the season ended today, would win this, plus 200, just a shade beyond LeBron James, plus 240. Then you get into the double-digit range, starting with Luka Doncic. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, for what it's worth, he is currently fourth right now. If the season were to end today, he is 12-1. to one. Keep in mind, this is regular season, and this is based on, as far as we were able to ascertain from looking at this, Jeff, at, 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 at DraftKings, this is based on the same correlation as the NBA uses for its league leaders, which is you need to play in 70% of your team's games, which means extrapolated over an 82-game season, you would need to play in at least 58 games. All of these guys, at least right now, are on that pace. Anything that jumps out to you, Jeff, when you look at uh, this market? Doesn't LeBron have to be the bet with the way that he's going to have to carry the load in a big way for the Lakers the rest of the way with AD's injury? I think that's the only well, way you can the only I, way you can really play this, right? Jeff, Kelly? I agree with you, but Ben actually broke us down. We were prepping for the show. Ben, I'll let you explain. I think there's even better, a better reason to bet him. Go ahead. So, well, here's the thing. It's it's all it really all comes down to your trust in him playing. So, he's he's only played 41 games so far and he's averaging 29.1 points per game. That is it's five fewer games than Joel Embiid. Eight fewer games than Giannis Adenokupo, 14 fewer games than DeMar DeRozan, and 12 games fewer than Trey Young. Those, those are the top five right now. So LeBron's played the fewest games of anybody on this list, meaning just from the pure math, it will be significantly easier for him to boost his points per game relative to the others. The big question, though, Jeff, is based on the durability. He's got to get to 58. He's played 41. The Lakers so, yeah, have he, 24 games left. So, so he can only miss, what, six games? Yes. That's so what you're it essentially is? banking. Yeah. Do you believe, do you, do you trust enough in LeBron James playing at least 18 of the final 24 games to get there? And if he does, there's a pretty reasonable chance he'll end up in that 30 mark and could easily win this. So I think it comes down to this. Do the Lakers fall so far behind the Clippers and Minnesota to get in that possible 7-8 game that he sits ah, to just get too. ready for yeah. the, the playing game. That's what it comes down to. They're not going to fall out of the playing game to get altogether. The teams behind them are too bad to make up ground on the Lakers, even with the Lakers being an abject mess for the most part. Yeah, they're not going to fall out but of 10. They're not going to fall out of 10. But if they fall far enough behind – I think they're not catching Minnesota. But if they fall far enough behind the Clippers where it's like, oh, we're – four games behind the Clippers with six to go. Let's just have LeBron play every other game. You're basically asking him to be perfect before that in order to not actually to actually hit the mark. So that is a legitimate concern. I think in the end, the Lakers are going to stay close enough to the Clippers that he'll play 
may miss a game, a, yeah. may, may miss a second of a back-to-back. That's it. So I, I'm not overly concerned about that. The only re- way that that really gets hurt is if they're they are too far uh, out of the eight seed. Jeff, I think you laid out. I think you laid out a pretty good reason why to stay away from that because it's That's fair. I mean, when I was thinking about it, before, Brent and I were talking about this before the show, and I'm like. Like, I, as long as he escapes without an injury, he should make it there. But you laid out, you just laid out a reason of, of how he could. Like, there, if he if he skips and rests two or three games here in these first, let's say, fifteen back, and then they get into a situation like you just described, they might not get. He might sit out three or four games, and then you're and then you're in that position where his stats yeah. don't count. No, it, it's fascinating. Uh, we'll we'll finish. We'll wrap up the discussion next year because I mean, we phrase it like that. It appears as though Adetic Grupo and Bede, the only two you can really consider. We'll give our final thoughts on that market when we return. I'll circle back to my, uh, my Mountain West tournament future I gave out earlier, and we'll update some scores on the other side as we continue here on Primetime Action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bets, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline. Over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. We do betting splits for everything. Splits. That's what they are, Jeff Parles. Uh, ben Wilson with you from the South Point Sportsbook Studios. Uh, Wes Reynolds will be in here later on this week, starting tomorrow through Friday. We're going to talk some golf tomorrow. We just found out. All right, Kelly, Daniel Berger withdraws again. Yeah. Is that Daniel, what I'm hearing? Daniel Jeez. Berger withdrawing from the Honda Classic this week. Uh, he, he was a guy I was probably going to be betting because he uh, grew up right next to the course, played that course about a thousand times. So, yeah, he is out. That is, that is a sh- when I was filling in for you, Kelly, a few weeks ago, I had this whole thing prepared for the, this was for the, for Pebble Beach when, you know, when Matt Brown uh, was here with Adam Burke and I was ready to do the whole thing five minutes before the show starts. Berger uh, withdraws from Pebble Beach. Yeah. So. It's not that the back time giving time. him problems. I'm guessing that's the reason again. The old back. That is not the biggest story in the golf world today, but we don't need to, uh, we don't need to discuss Mr. Phil getting into hot water. Uh, there, there with the, uh, the old Saudi golf league. Uh, anyway, to finish the discussion from our, our last segment here, Jeff, you made the excellent, excellent point on why maybe hesitate on the LeBron James 
to win the scoring title this year based on the potential. He might not reach the minimum number of games, might not get to 58, needs to play 18 of the Lakers' final 24 games to do so. Of the top two, though, Giannis Adetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, is there a lean you would have on either one of these guys considering, I mean, the, the numbers are basically even, odds are basically even, and what is at stake for both players and both teams is pretty much even as well. So the big hesitation with Embiid is how do he and Harden mesh? That's really, I've, for every market that the Sixers are involved in or Embiid is involved in, that's the question I have at this point. How do the two of them mesh? Does Embiid continue his tear that he's on with Harden? Does Harden have to monopolize the ball too much in order to impact this and the MVP race and, quite frankly, the NBA title race? I, I mean, those point? questions alone are why he's second on this. Exactly. This market, he, right. That's why, he, exactly. That's why he's not the favorite and Giannis is. Uh, look, Ben, the question with Giannis is the same question that's been asked about the Bucks all year of do they care about the regular season at all after getting their title? So, I, look, I, I don't have any interest in betting those two guys. And it's hard to bet anyone below LeBron because they're just too far behind at this point of, of LeBron. Because, like you said, with LeBron playing so many less games than everyone else, his numbers more like, with bigger performances is more likely to go up quicker than the other guys. Yeah, he, he's yeah. – I know we keep focusing on him. I think he's – He's either the bet or the absolute stay away, right? Depending on Correct. how you don't feel. you love that? <laughs> Depending on how you feel about LeBron and the Lakers, like this is the guy who has the most wiggle room that could get to the top that you're getting plus two forty at, but he also has a chance to not be qualified for this market. That's no, it's it's accurate. Uh, Doncic is the only other one who could potentially uh, fall into that category because he's only played forty four games. Slow start to the year. You, it's like, do you think he can make up a two point per game? Deficit though, it's a only big played number to get games. At this point. I, that is that is a big big number, that, and that's why his odds are shortened there at ten to one. DeRozan is the sucker bet of all of these because he's he's played fifty five games, and and look, they're they're it's a, it's a tempting long shot because it's like oh, he's only a point and a half back at twenty uh, eight eight point one so far. But again, he's played fourteen more games than LeBron James at this point. So the, the takeaway here, Jeff, it's like if you have conviction that LeBron stays healthy, and he said publicly. Even if he's less than 100%, he's got to play because the Lakers need him to play. Then that is the bet. If you don't and you believe the points you just made, Jeff, it's probably a stay away altogether. If I had to bet some, if you guys had to bet some, what would it be? I'd bet LeBron. Ben? I'd actually go Embiid. I think people. Wow, are... it's funny. If I had to bet some, I'd go Giannis. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. We had them all. <laughs> and look, I mean, I made the case last night. I, I'm not as, as bullish on the Bucs uh, playing super hard down the stretch in the regular season, seeing what they have done. And I, to me, believe the, the questions on the meshing of Embiid and Harden might be a little overblown by the time they all get sorted out here. And also, who knows, I mean, how quickly it'll take Harden to get to totally up to 100%. We expect to see him pretty quickly uh, when we open up play here for the, uh, the second half uh, post-All-Star break here starting on Thursday. Uh, as far as uh, a discussion we were having earlier, and uh, by the way, Kelly, I see as far as some of your, your early second half bets, uh, Michigan State, they have at least, they stabilized, but they're back down uh, They're back down by 16. They had stabilized, and now Iowa just hit them with oh, a big run. A lot of time left in this game. Not, 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 worried, not worried yet. Not worried yet left. here. I, uh, Akron's pushed it out to nine against Bowling Green, which is good. There you go. Good start there. Kent State is actually down more than they were at the beginning of the half. So I'm trying to keep all your bets t together, and, and then, it's hard. Uh, GW is right on, right on seven right now. So it's going to be close. We got a lot right. of sweats here, Ben. A lot of, uh, Nova has stabilized as well. They're up one twenty to nineteen 
on uh, UConn. We'll do more uh, score updates here in a little bit. Uh, there, there's a, like that's not pregame. That is just live. For, Those for are just one. as live bets. You're looking so at that, just live. We had barely enough to squeeze on one graphic for Jeff the pregame and one uh, for for the live. Hey, it's an in-game betting show. Thank thank God uh, Jeff is here. The, yeah, thank you. Yeah, aren't I supposed? This is what I'm supposed. This is what we love, right? You're following. As Danielle would say, Danielle Avari used to always say, "What are we doing here? If we're not doing this, come on." Yes, and the, yes. So way to go, Jeff. Thank you. To, Perfect. Thank you for paying homage to this show by by betting live. Uh, let Let's while we have a couple minutes, get back to one of the topics we talked about earlier in the show, which was our college basketball futures. While we are talking so much college hoops, because this is that key time where we're trying to identify. Which of these futures we really, really like? Jeff, we didn't have time to get to my third one. We're going to circle back to it because it's probably the most comical of the six combined you and I gave out. You ready for this? Go ahead. <laughs> the UNLV to win the Mountain West Tournament at 15-1, to 1, which, which I, I give out. Uh, this did uh, Sean McCollum influence you into making the bet? Sean McCollum, UNLV grad. Did not influence me to make this bet. Uh, you and you've talked, I mean, ad nauseum, Jeff, last couple of days, how you, you, know, you like to focus on these smaller to mid-major conferences. The Mountain West, you could argue, is, is maybe the most wide-open conferences we have in college basketball heading into that tournament, which is here in Las Vegas at the home of UNLV at the, uh, the Thomas and Mack Center. Because outside of you know, Colorado State gets off to this amazing start. They're undefeated going into the new year, then COVID hits, and they have been a complete shell of themselves since a near near month layoff. They were pounded twice by UNLV, including last weekend uh, here in Vegas. They've fallen way off the pack. They're now the fourth-place team in the Mountain West. Right now, if the tournament started today, Jeff, they would face UNLV, the five-seed, who's already beaten them twice, who has the likely conference player of the year in Bryce Hamilton, who has been playing at a nuclear level. He's averaged almost 30 points a game, Jeff, over the last month, basically. Like, it's nuts what he is doing. UNLV, it's, it's a great matchup for them against Colorado State. And if Boise State hangs on to that number one seed, you like them tonight against San Diego State, and you have that potential semifinal matchup, I, Boise State, I don't believe is really any good, Jeff. You, you feel the same way. They're a good defensive team but can't really score UNLV's strength is defensively. My point being at 15 to 1, you're, you're in a position with a wide open conference tournament. If the bracketing holds the way it appears to be, there's a path for UNLV to at least get to the final and give yourself some, uh, some hedging opportunity here. Good luck. Uh, thank you. That's all. I, I don't have much to add. I think they, you're right about Hamilton. Hamilton is a special talent, but it just. UNLV, is, it, we expected them to improve as the year went along in their first year under uh, under Kugler, or uh, uh, Kruger, excuse me, not Kevin not Kruger. Kevin, not, Kruger. <laughs> Kevin Kruger, not, uh, not uh, Kevin uh, Kugler uh, there, the, uh, the of course, the great broadcaster for Fox now. But, uh, look, I, I, uh, I, I, I really don't have a feel for that conference tournament because there are four teams that absolutely are capable of winning that conference tournament without any real help other than them just going out and winning games, UNLV feels like they would need some help in order to win that conference tournament. Namely, not facing San Diego State. Who Correct. Is, is Horrible bad, matchup is, for them. Is, is a terrible, yeah, best defensive team in the country who can't score, but who UNLV has already lost to twice. Wyoming would be the other one. If I was making a bet, like, if I'm just thinking, who do I think will win if you just, you know, who is the best team if you're just arranging these teams 1-11, to it's probably Wyoming, Jeff, isn't that? I mean, the, the, the story of Wyoming this year, are you thinking they're just a flash in the regular season pan, or is this, is this real for I, Wyoming? I love Hunter Maldonado. I, I, he, to me, he is the best player in the Mountain West. I know there are other arguments for other guys, 
but I think he is the the best player in the Mountain West. Hamilton, obviously, you might be right. He's probably going to win that award for Mountain West Player of the Year. Uh, I look, uh, you, Wyoming of the team of these four teams, the four teams: Wyoming, Colorado State, uh, Bo- uh, Boise State, San Diego State. I think Wyoming and Colorado State are the teams that have the best chance to win not only a game in the NCAA tournament, but possibly shock everyone and get to a Sweet 16. I don't think Boise and San Diego State, the way they play, even though they're great defensive teams, I don't think they have the offense that is capable of winning multiple games in the tournament. San Diego State, last four in right now. Please get them in the tournament, Jeff. I would love the opportunity to, to wager what, against, go against them again? San Diego State. <laughs> well, remember what we saw last year in an absolute embarrassment as they succeed against Syracuse. And, uh, yeah, that was... You, you bet that just on principle, Jeff, and uh, and that wasn't even. I had Syracuse in the Elite yeah. Eight last year, and I almost got it right. <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> you and your, your principal NCAA tournament bets based on nothing else but things that don't make any sense happening that inevitably happen. That's, yeah. that's what happened last yeah. year. Uh, we're coming down to the wire now. A bunch of these games that started early, deep into the second halves. We'll update you on, uh, on Kelly's uh, advice to bet the under seven in a ridiculous hockey game that is uh, on pace. We'll, we'll discuss all of those things as we update some more scores. We will talk to Andy McNeil here uh, in, uh, in, in a short while. Coming up uh, in about five minutes, we'll talk to Andy, discuss some NHL, all things on the ice. That is coming up after this here on Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back on primetime action, filling in for Gil and Matt. Ben Wilson with you on the desk from our South Point Sportsbook Studios here in Las Vegas, joined by Jeff Parles, who's doing the Gil shift this week, a numbers game, which you can hear. Uh, every morning, 10 a.m., noon Eastern time here on the network. Got Kelly Bidlin behind the glass as we talk some hockey with our guy Andy McNeil, who joins us right now north of the border. Follow him on Twitter, at Digital Gambler, our recent NHL an- analyst. We wave the Canadian flag, and we welcome him in. Andy, you got to be impressed with, the, with our guy Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. He endorsed an under in, the, in this. We had two massive totals tonight. We had an under seven that he gave out in this Maple Leaf Blue Jackets game, and it's only 1-1. Uh, we're, we're nearing the end of the second period. What do you have to say to your, your guy Kelly Bidlin on his, his suddenly sharp hockey analysis? Well, I guess I should have uh, followed him because I'm I've got a big bet on the Minnesota Wild today, and uh, they tied it up two two. But it uh, looks like the Senators just pulled ahead three two. So, um, looks like Kelly's gonna gonna maybe do better than than I did tonight. Wow. Hey, gents, as we all know, when it comes to hockey betting, <laughs> nothing's under until the third period's over. Okay? That, thank you. That's, yeah. a, that's a common saying. I just came up with it. All right. Okay? That you just yeah. literally came Andy, up with it. Andy, we don't have Matt Brown on the desk tonight, so I got I got to be the hockey guy, you know? So, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. That under in that game was sounded great. So, you know, back-to-back for Toronto, that's tired skates <laughs> right there. He's pulling big weight tonight, uh, Andy. You got you got to you, you got to understand that we don't have, we don't have the. I mean, we used to have the Daniel Alvari versus Andy McNeil thing. We we I maybe I don't know. It's it's Kelly's wisdom. Uh, well, you can give us some wisdom here on the late games because we uh, we had Matt Brown's uh, most hated team, the Seattle Kraken. They lose last night north of the border, going to Vancouver. Back home tonight, second of a back to back against the Isles tonight, and it's Kraken have been a team that uh, have struggled. What everybody expected the Golden Knights would be. What 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 five six years ago, uh, Kraken have been the yeah, a realistic path for an expansion team this season in the NHL. Home dog tonight, uh, plus 135. We're seeing at DraftKings. Anything you like in this one with the Islers now going on to the West Coast? Um, I don't necessarily like anything uh, in this game. I think the Islanders are a team that uh, are regularly overpriced, but not so much this time around. I think this game should be uh, around minus 145 or minus 150. 
in favor of the Islanders. Um, they have been playing better lately. And now I don't know if this is, you know, they, they were pretty bad this season uh, for the better part of this season. So I don't know if uh, my my process, my handicapping process is a little slow to uh, to catch up to this team. But um, they, they they reflect poorly in, 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 in how I look at things. So um, I, I don't like the Islanders here in this spot. And uh, the Kraken are a tough sell on uh, on their best night. And tonight being the second half of a back-to-back definitely probably won't be their best night. Andy, uh, the other late-night game uh, in Anaheim, the Ducks at home hosting the Sharks. Ducks are minus 160 on this one, total five and a half. Uh, even if you don't have a plan, a play on the game, ju- just speak to the Ducks real quick because they're on the outside looking in for that final playoff position in a year where not much was anticipated from them. Yeah, the Ducks, I mean, uh, th- th- both of these teams are, are struggling right now. Um, basically winning games at about the same rate over the last little bit here, um, I believe. And uh, the Ducks have a, have a weapon with John Gibson in goal, and that allows them, or that has got them to where they are and, and you know, has kept them in playoff contention. But, uh, you know, they don't have much of an edge outside of in the crease. They don't have much of an edge over the San Jose Sharks. Both of these teams are mediocre at best uh, and, you know, probably below average in most categories. So uh, the minus 160 price tag, definitely uh, a bit high. I priced this one closer to minus 145 in favor of the Ducks. They are getting uh, Ryan Getzlaff back tonight, but there's no no Josh Manson. So that's uh, still a big blow to the team. Uh, but the Sharks, they've been uh, been really bad as of late. And, you know, the Ducks, I, I look at them as a team that definitely could squeak into the playoffs, but um, the Kings uh, of the, you know, the three California teams, I think the Kings have the best shot uh, to, to get in. Andy McNeil, our VSIN NHL analyst, stopping by primetime action right now. Andy, we, we discussed last night as well. It was the second largest upset we see, we've seen all season in that uh, President's Day quintuple header. Canadians who have been just atrocious this year as a near three and a half dollar underdog on home ice. They beat Toronto going away 5-2 last night. It, just, it seems anecdotally, uh, just on the surface, like there have been a lot more of these three, four dollar price favorites this year, more so than we have seen in the past. A, have you found that to actually be true this year? And B, what is what have you seen from how the market has handled such massive line discrepancies that we just have not appeared to have seen here in years past? Yeah, well, there there are more top tier teams than any, uh, and then there has been in in quite a while. And I, in fact, I don't really remember a time when there was you know four or five elite teams. Um, and and then the, even the next tier down is 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 pretty talented themselves. So um, you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Colorado Avalanche, Vegas when they're healthy, and then you got the Carolina Hurricanes, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins when when they're healthy and and on their game, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, there are a lot of of good teams in the NHL right now, and uh, almost just as many bad ones. So um, it does make sense that there there have been more of those. Um, you know, outrageously priced games, I guess you could say. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I I definitely haven't been seeing value on the dogs on a regular basis. If anything, I've been, you know, kind of on the, 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 the favorite a little more in those matchups, but um, usually not enough to, to justify a play, that's for sure. Andy, who is one team that's currently outside of the playoff mix that you expect to end up being in the field of 16? 
Well, there's no team that's outside that I expect to be in right now. I think all of the teams that are on the outside looking in um, are going to miss more often than not. I think the Dallas Stars probably have the best shot of of getting in uh, as far as, you know, teams that are on the outside looking in right now. But um, the Winnipeg Jets are only four points behind them. Both teams have 49 games played. So tomorrow's matchup uh, in Dallas uh, they're hosting the Jets. It's going to. There's going to be a lot at stake. I mean, this is you're taking two points away from uh, a team that you're chasing or or trying to fend off, and uh, you're gaining two points yourself. So, um, big game tomorrow between the Jets and the Stars. Um, I would. I think the Jets playoff odds are uh, around somewhere between 25 and 30 percent right now. The Stars probably closer to 40 to 45 percent so could see a huge swing tomorrow um if the jets are able to uh to take out the stars and at, at plus 130 on the money line i think there is some value there um the, this game they, they closed plus 115 in dallas last time around and i thought that was somewhat egregious as well so they took the stars to overtime losing 4-3 um a couple of weeks ago uh, they'll try to get a win here again they've been Playing pretty good hockey as of late. They're a team that I thought was, to be honest, was dead in the water, really, but especially after a couple of uh, key injuries. But they're a little bit healthier now. And, um, and yeah, Winnipeg on the money line at plus 130 uh, on, on Wednesday is a, a good bet, in my opinion. And we certainly encourage all of our viewers to check out Andy's daily betting market report we've got up at uh, vcin.com. That'll come out tomorrow. Take a look at all, uh, all of the action. You mentioned, too, just the laundry list of teams that you classify as being elite and in that upper echelon this year, Andy. And so for a lot of the, the casual bettors coming in, they wrap up their handicapping for our American football season and they want to get involved with the hockey. I I'm sure they, they kind of do a double take. They look at the odds board and they say really like avalanche i mean we know they're good but four to one good in, in a in a league that historically has been very hard to predict once you get to the playoffs uh, to you andy how how accurate is the pricing right now especially at, at the top of the market with some of these futures when you give in you see that the avalanche are so short here at uh, four to one uh, i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't pick on the avalanche as being a one of the mispriced teams i think they're you know, as far as being a, a four to one underdog, it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, they don't have many roadblocks in the Western Conference. The Vegas Golden Knights are the only other team that, um, you know, in the Calgary Flames, I guess. But, um, the, you know, it's it's a lot different than the Eastern Conference. So it makes sense that they are where they are. Um, but I, I definitely think as you, you get down that list and you talk about teams like the, the Penguins and the Flames, the Flames are a team that I didn't mention in that list, but they deserve to, to be there. Um, you know, getting around 15 to one. I think you're getting um, probably a, a little bit worse than a fair price at that point. Um, futures in general, um, you know, for anybody that has been kind of totally invested in the NFL and hasn't really paid attention to hockey, I would recommend that, you know, you make a little time for the NHL throughout the year. You make a little time to try to catch teams at the right time because it is a lot of the time like, you know, catching a falling knife at the right time. For instance, um, I was beating the drum of the Calgary Flames pretty loudly for the first two months of the season and, and um, talked about how they were a good bet um, at 50-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. Now they're 15-1. to 1. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins were another team um, that I, I was, I was um, you know, trumpeting pretty hard uh, without Sidney Crosby, without um, Afghani Malkin. And, and once those players were back, we saw a big move like, like we knew we would. And, and they were at 35-1 to 1 earlier this season. So, um, you know, futures for me, it's, it's a lot of the, almost all the time, it's about being at the right place at the right time and kind of being prepared. Um, if anybody picked up the, the NHL betting guide prior to the season, 
um, and read through it, they would have seen that uh, that I recommended watching the Penguins and putting them on Futures Watch as a team that was starting the season without two of their best players, their two best players. Um, but they were going to get them back, and it was going to be the first time that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin were healthy. So it's all about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, great stuff as always, Andy. Give him a follow at Digital Gambler. Whether you've been watching NFL or curling, you want to get back into the N- N- NHL. Good, good advice from me, Andy. Thanks as always for the time. We'll catch you next time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit the courts for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two fantasy hoops contests and battle for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes while the fight for L.A. rages on. During Season 5 of FX's Snowfall, head to DraftKings.com slash Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns tomorrow on FX. Stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As we're back on primetime action, complete with, for the first time this week, Jeff, some overzealous officiating going on right now in the Northeast. That's what you're calling it? I, I'm going to be kind to start. I'll let you go in on what, what our crew here in this Villanova-UConn game. We're right now as we stand, Jeff, just making sure I have the latest uh, updated line on this game. 30-29 to 29 Nova on top, 254 to go in the first half. UConn laying one and a half live after closing a two-point favorite in this spot. But we're already without one of our head coaches, Jeff. We're not even to halftime. What what is going on in in stores right now? Danny Hurley got run for pumping up the crowd. He had gotten the tech off of. Uh, I, I didn't see why he got the first tech, but James Breeding is refing the game, so uh, he probably did nothing to warrant the first tech. Or, in all honesty, Hurley's a maniac, so he maybe did something that warranted tech number one. But tech number two is legitimately for pumping the crowd up. Okay. And, Waving his arms like, <laughs> up like this to pump up the crowd. Breeding t- gave him a second team, ran him. I, I just, again, like some of these college basketball refs, like not all of them are in this category of just they, – they think that the, te- the couple thousand that are there, the full Bowden, Hartford, they're there to watch them, and they're not. We've seen this time and time again with the quote-unquote high-end refs in college basketball. They're not all like this, but there's a good chunk of them that are, Ben. TV Teddy's not there tonight, though. I don't mind TV Teddy as much as everyone else seems to do. He just is. You're back just, around he, on TV Teddy. Okay. I, 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 TV Teddy knows who he knows who he is, unlike a lot of these other guys. 
<laughs> Timeout taken. 33-32 UConn. I can't remember the last time I saw a coach get run in the first half of a, of a regular season. Been a while. Been a while. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it has been a while. You're, uh, you're right on that. So that is a game coming down to the wire at the end of the first half. Uh, some bets that, uh, that you have made, Jeff, as we see some of these early games now finishing up at the moment. Uh, George Washington, they don't get there. GW does not get there. That is Ooh. officially in the, uh, in the loser pile. Uh, yeah. Richmond, 84. GW, 71. Just in the end, not enough defense from GW. Richmond shot 56% from the field. Richmond's going to shoot 50, yeah. 56% from the field. They're going to cover more times than not. So what are yes. you going to do? And then yes. uh, we'll get the loser. Now, video this first. loser video is really for the game we're about to talk about. Because Michigan State loser. is down 30. I mean, 30. it's just a bad bet. Just a bad bet. And, and look, I'll go on to what I was saying before. We've watched Michigan State enough this year. I, I know we're not allowed to question Tom Izzo. I know we're not. He gives but, great life advice, Jeff. But but I, he's not attempting to coach this team. He's just not. Like, like this team is too much talent to look as bad as they have looked in multiple circumstances this year. They were non-competitive against Rutgers, who I know they have the extra layer of sorcery there at the rack. Uh, they lost to Penn State 10 days ago. That's a horrible loss to an Indy Lion team that isn't any good. Uh, at least they came back and showed a pulse in the second half against Illinois the other day, even though it came up short. But I, I, another embarrassing road effort. This is three straight losses for Michigan State. Now five out of six since they barely beat Maryland in College Park about three mm. weeks ago now, Ben. 82-52 with 335 to go. Down. You, but you already know, though, A, we're going to get to the tournament. Michigan State will probably be a seven or an eight seed. Yeah, and, they'll, and they'll, people... they'll either scare the bejesus out of a two-seed or beat them. <laughs> well, I say, people will bet them in the first round because it's Izzo in March. And also, let's just look ahead to Saturday. They host Purdue, a team who has, to put it mildly, struggled in some spots against at least the the above-average teams in the Big Ten on the road this year. They've lost three straight. Is, is that not the quintessential desperate dog Izzo off a 30-point blowout loss home spot? They go back to East Lansing against a, a well-rested team in seemingly good form in Purdue, Jeff. I won't bet Purdue. I'll tell you that. I won't bet Purdue. I'm curious to see what that number ends up being now. Because that does seem like a spot to bet the Spartans. But I thought tonight was a good spot to go against Iowa. Thankfully, I didn't double down and lose twice on this because I almost took Michigan State preflop. But uh, just in the end, just tough. Uh, just a bad outing and, and, and a bad stretch for the Spartans. Uh, Ken Palm has that Purdue minus two Saturday. We'll see. We'll see how closely the line mirrors well, that. Well, what um, they were at Michigan the day that Purdue got blasted by Michigan, they were three or three and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. And Michigan State should be power rated better than Michigan. So that's fair. two's probably two two and a half probably. All right. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Arkansas, Florida coming down to the wire, 68-64. Arkansas on the road. You've got them as a pick'em, Jeff. So that'll be a uh, wee bit of a sweat, uh, but yeah, they look. Florida was up a couple buckets better, here better earlier, than it was and, uh, a few minutes ago. Arkansas Florida was big up, run now. Florida was up five a few minutes ago, so this is this is a nice little spur to not, I, I believe eleven two from the Hogs to at least get ahead here. I look, this Arkansas team is good. They are very good. Musselman is a good coach. We know this, Ben. We saw what he did in Nevada. That that was a program that he inherited that wasn't 
it wasn't on good times when he got there. And they got to the NCAA tournament back-to-back years. Now in Arkansas, they were three last year. They're probably looking at a, a five or a six in this year's NCAA tournament. And Florida, I don't like Mike White. I don't, I don't think he's that good of a coach. We've seen this team with enough talent to be an easy NCAA tournament team really just flounder on the bubble all year. Yeah, they are in that first four to next four out categorization right now. So they'll need a late push to come back as, as that line went against them late, closing Arkansas minus one or one and a half. We do have a couple games, though, coming up at the top of this 9 o'clock Eastern hour. Let's get to them right now of ranked teams in action. And Kansas, who we see come off a, a win, a destruction in Morgantown, they thoroughly beat down West Virginia 71-58 as a short road favorite over the weekend. Now they return home, face a, uh, a down Kansas State team, but at least a uh, Kansas State team that under Bruce Weber, it was very ugly early, Jeff. They have somewhat stabilized, although they, they, they lost a, a tight road game to Oklahoma State on the road over the weekend at 14-12, and 6-8 and eight in the Big 12 Conference. Line of 12 at this point. Anything you're interested in getting involved here with this, uh, this rivalry game? Remember, this was a three-point game in Manhattan at uh, Bramlage Coliseum way back uh, in uh, early January. Yeah, that was a big-time collapse by Kansas State in that game, up as much as 18. Kansas didn't take their first lead until they were under five seconds to go in the game. That was a big melt by K-State in that game. That was a, a really the, as good – I know it doesn't catch your attention because K-State isn't any good, but that was as good of a win as Kansas had all year from just with the circumstances in-game that it was. I think this number is about right. K-State, look, we know what they are at this point. They're not particularly good, but they'll be competitive. They play hard, but Kansas is just significantly more talented. I'd probably stay off. I think that 12 is right. I think the 141 and a half may be a tick too high, but I would stay off of this altogether. But here's the thing. Had they just held on in that rivalry game, they're probably in the last four in right they're, now. They're, I mean, they're, they're next they're, four out, and that is probably going to be the difference for Kansas State, assuming they don't, they don't find a way and stumble into a marquee win here down the stretch, Jeff. That, that's the crazy part. This very mediocre on paper Kansas State team, metrics, I mean, they're, they're very blah across the Big 12 sphere, but they could easily have been, have been in this legitimate conversation here, Jeff, for an NCAA tournament bid. Look, K-State has the one win against Texas Tech. That's their best win of the season so far, and Look, they have a road game tonight, like we know, with the fog, and then they play at Texas Tech a little bit later uh, in the month, the final day of the month next week. Look, they'll have opportunities. I don't think they're any good. I think if they're in the NCAA tournament, they are a fade regardless of opponent, unless if it's one of those teams I really don't like in that first go-around, Ben. All right. A similar team at similar spot, at least when you look at the matchup, although a very different line, and that's because the ranked team goes on the road tonight. That's Alabama, who goes on the road to face on, uh, to take on Vanderbilt, a team who's at least, Jeff, uh, they, they've shown some more life under Jerry Stackhouse trying to rebuild that program, and uh, we, you know, we've seen some bites at the apple here in the market with Vanderbilt at this point, with tip-off again coming up here in uh, just over five minutes. Down to four in a couple of spots. I still see a lot of four and a halfs out there in the market. Nate Oates' team has been, for the most part, good in Tuscaloosa this year, but they've had a couple of, a couple of total stink bombs on the road. Would this be one that you're, you would be wary of that road favorite here, given the history? Yeah, I don't want anything to do with this game. I don't like, I don't like Vandy to begin with. I think they're okay. I think Stackhouse has done a little bit better than he's getting credit for there with how bad that program was when he inherited it. But Alabama's just so all over the place. You don't know what you're getting. If you get a game where Alabama's making their threes, then yes, they could absolutely roll Vandy. But Bender, the 301st 
three-point efficiency team in the country. They are where they are at this point. They're a bad three-point shooting team, and all they do is shoot threes. That's not a great recipe for success. So I'm going to just stay off uh, of that one. I wouldn't be shocked if Bama wins by 25. I wouldn't be shocked if Vandy wins outright. (laughs) That's that's the definition of a Losses at Mizzou, at Georgia for Alabama, not great. And And they beat beat Baylor. Sure. I will make the point. Vanderbilt, they have been a top uh, 35 team defending the three this year. So there's one thing Jerry Stackhouse's guys have done well. It is close out on the perimeter and defend threes, but they have really struggled to put the ball in the basket. Uh, 113th in offensive efficiency. All right, coming back, third and final hour, Drew Dinsick joins us next here on Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 